I've been running after one thing To find that part within that I'll measure up to something I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws But I know the wrong, those are only stepping stones Life's the art of embracing these things yeah. Grayson Boucher, the professor Welcome to the Art of Podcast, my brother, my neighbor How you doing, man? Hey, doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We were talking offline about this. Like, we could have just done this. We live two doors down. We could have just popped out, you know, grab a little coffee in our pajamas. But we went the difficult route. So just so you all you know, Grace has been on like nine different devices and going different places just to come on and provide you guys with this value. So, Grayson, start us off with a bang, man. Everybody knows you as the and one mixtape, street baller, YouTube legend, all of this stuff, but, but, but something different about you that most people don't know. Something different about me that people don't know is probably that I'm a little bit of a tech nerd, and I edit half of my YouTube videos. Wow. Dude, that's incredible because that is not easy to do, and we're going to get into that part, but so just so people know, like, YouTubers, when people think like, oh, man, you know what, YouTubers, it sounds like a great job. It sounds so easy. It ain't easy. I've been around YouTubers, and I know how much how difficult it is to make great content because there's a difference between good content and great content. 100%. Well said. I would say it is a great job, but you're right. To do it at a high level, it's not easy. It's a lot. You know, because as an influencer, you're often the director producer, talent, uh, anything else to come with. I'm editing half the videos, so it could be a lot. How, how long would you say that it takes to do a video, a high-quality video that you do, which gets millions? Did you just hit like a billion views or something like that? Something just dumb? Yeah, man. Jeez. You hit a billion views, six subs. My God. How long did it take you to do one video? Let's see. If we're going to do an excellent video... The shoot, you know, we often can knock out in one day. If it's really interested, it might be two or three days, right? If, this were, if we're making like a dope video from you know, eight to 15 minutes long. But then the edit, I'll take like seven to 10 days. Wow. You know, because you really got to go through it. Um, if you're going to watch it all the way front to back, that's a whole thing. And it's like, you could try different scenarios. That's a whole thing. Do you want to get into mastering the audio? Do you want correction there's a whole bunch of yeah wow i'm glad you have that skill set because i do not have the patience nor the skill set for it good so my i have about 16 youtube views so to get uh get up to 17 i'm gonna send my videos over to you no man <laughs> hey, i got you bro really i can so for a lot of my friends and people man i give a lot of good advice for it. that's cool uh, that's awesome that you do that man and, and i've seen that in you too like people see you as man this youtube star like he's done all this but the genuine person that you are. Every time that I see you, you, you have a smile on your face. You light me up. It's infectious. What is that? Is that <laughs> has that always been in you? Has that always been like, the, like, are you just an excited, energetic, positive person? I think if, if you took my temperament overall, I would say, yeah, for the most part. But I think really uh, at the turning point in my life was when I became a Christian in 2011, I'm mm. more often in a gratitude state of mind. So naturally, it kind of brings that joy. You know what I mean? The rest in that gratitude. Oh, dude, I, I completely it, it is a game changer. It's a flip of the switch. I remember the same thing. My, mine was probably, man, it was, I think, 2011, 2011 as well. 
my last year of college. Oh, wow. Crazy. The Lord was on our hearts at the same time. Dude, so let's is- let's spin it back, man. Let's let's bring it back a little bit. Like the the moment and you got an incredible story of how you got on the N one tour. But bring us to that moment when you realize like like you could do this at a high level. Because you were just at a open run in Portland and that's how it happened. But was there a moment that flipped the switch and you're like, dude, like I can do this. This is really happening. It was actually while I was trying out on the Big Tour, I kind of freaked myself as I went. Funny enough. So, you know, I played all through school. Um, I was always really small, but I was always really small. So I didn't quite get the opportunities that the other kids did. Yep. So by the time I was a junior in high school, I'm like held back in the JV team. Wow. And then to play on the varsity, I actually transferred to a small private school. There's only 300 kids in the whole school. Played one year. I got second team all state. Thought I was going to get college offers. Got none. Got cut from three junior colleges. Finally landed a spot as a redshirt at a community college. Wow. Then a few players got injured. So I got put in the lineup. And then I played three minutes a game. So that was my whole school basketball career. Now, merging into anyone, it was a crazy series of games. After that season, I actually improved by about 300% within like four months. Started lifting weights for the first time. Uh, I was doing three a day. 6 a.m., making thousand jumpers before school. Open gym is at 2.30. Lifting weights, and I'm going back in the gym to work on my game. And I was playing with a lot of guys going D2, D1. They were they were more mature, me, bigger, stronger, faster. So what happened was during that time, I kind of proved to myself that I was actually just as good as those guys. I just wasn't physical and I wasn't playing as aggressive because I was always a late bloomer. And then uh, it just so happened after that spring, after the season ended, and one mixtape tour comes around and they're having open trials. They do talent. Well, I go to there to the game in Portland, Oregon, as a fan, just try out, hoping to get a chance to play against my idols. And next thing you know, it turned into a career opportunity. So get on the N1 Mixed Tour, and literally I'm proving it to myself as I go through that season that I can play at that level. And there was like a thing of defining moment when I hit like a buzzer shot, and then I had like a battle with hot sauce. And I remember thinking to myself like, hey, I could really play this level. Like, it's not a sham. I could really be here. Man. That's it's such a great story. It is a story of like you failing, but never giving up. Most people, if they get cut and they get multiple times cut and told they can't do it, it's game over. But you kept going. You worked even harder. And then the whole like you probably dealt with imposter syndrome while you were on it. You're like, man, I'm getting all this pub. People like this. How, how am I doing this? Were there any struggles within that time? Because you were very young at the time and you're going on tour and you're going over 30 countries like, do you remember there like, being any struggles or roadblocks in, in your mind that you had to overcome? Yeah, you know, there were plenty. There was, uh, you know, I'm only 18 years old, so there was like, how do you deal with fame overnight? Yeah. You know, literally, yeah. funny story, here's some people don't know. When the ESPN series came on, this was the first time they hosted open trials on the show, right? The year before, it was all about the annual team. So mind you, Season two, I'm thinking the same thing. It's about the A1 team. But low-key, so I'm thinking, like, when the first episode came on, I'm thinking I could press pause and, like, see myself, call the homies back home, be like, yo, I'm on ESPN. <laughs> Lo and behold, TV show airs. 
the debut episode, and it's about the new talent showing up, and I'm the star of the show. So that was to my surprise. They probably told me, but my head was spinning. It was such a movie. It was so surreal. Like, I wasn't paying attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that shocked me. But I had to, like, deal with fame, like, like literally instant fame. Like, like one or two weeks in, we're mainstream celebrities, and it aired, like, 20 times a week on uh, ESPN. It was, like, one of those shows that would air, but it was the filler show to fill the empty gaps and take it to the next show. So we're talking, like, one day it could air 10 times on ESPN before yeah. streaming on cable. So dealing with that, that came with a lot of stress. That feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments, you have full optimal energy, you are functioning at your highest level. You want to recreate that? Yeah, sure, you do, I do, we all do. And then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here, this this is real hyperbaric chamber if you don't know what it is look it up right now look up eleve health e-l-e-v-e health.com it's an oxygen miracle what it is hbot the hyperbaric chamber it's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this it places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's going to help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I, I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber, HBOT, from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E Health.com. Message me separately, too, if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Oh, I, I can only imagine, man, because a lot of people will say that they want fame and they want all of this, but... It's, it, it's different when it actually happens and staying true to who you are authentically you. And I see this, like I see it, like you'll sign autographs, you'll take pictures, you'll shake hands, you'll take the time. How do you, how do you stay authentically you? Like how do you, you continue to create and evolve and still be you? Are there any like habits or non-negotiables that you do in your day that you make sure like, okay, like, no matter if it's a billion views, like, I'm still going to be authentically me and not let the world, because there's probably been, I'm sure there's people that have been trying to tell you, like, hey, do this or do that, do that. But you stay authentically you. 100%. And you said it right. Fame isn't what you think, right? If you wear the shoes, it comes with its pros, but there's, you know, there's a lot of cons, too. It's not what you think it is. So you made a good point. The daily habit I think is big. One thing that's big for me is my circle of people I keep around me. Yes. Um, nice. And I've had to learn this throughout the years. You know, this wasn't always something I had to get her, of course. So I had to shed a lot of friends and give them a circle. And then even constantly tailor that circle to see what that should look like, you know, because one thing that's really resonated to me is the last, you know, 
maybe five, seven years and say, whoever keeps the people around you directly represents you. And so somebody you might think is cool in a casual hangout, you might not weigh in, like, how do they really represent you? How are they perceived by other people? You know, and then how are they wearing off on you and all these things? So I think that was probably the biggest thing. I think there are I mean, habits, you know, you say, like, stay in the word. Man, as a Christian, stay in the word. Yep. A yep. week, you know, definitely get a certain amount of days in. If you go daily, great. Uh, you know, I got out of the party and the club scene. That wasn't good for me. Um, there's a lot, but yeah. those are some of the things. To stay oh, oh, and those are those are massive ones. I love that, like the circle around you, because you are a reflection of the people that you surround yourself with. And whether we like it or not, we're constantly being judged. And as long as it takes to get to the point that you're at you know it can take two seconds that takes you down and people want to see people fall from the top. So that's an amazing answer, man. And like your ability to continue to evolve who you are and be able to reach people with the message that you have. Like let's, let's talk a little bit about the, the content creation part and your, yeah. your creativeness, your uh, imagination. Like what, if you could give the audience a couple like little pointers of, okay, if they want to be able to, you know, be a YouTuber or create their own content, be this entrepreneur, what are the, the most important things that they can start doing today that will help them on this journey? I'd say step number one, just start it up right away and start trying things. Start you know I mean? doing. Learn as you go. Mm. I think it's a good thing. I, I don't think with a lot of things in life, you can always like compare mind you think you can wait and prepare and get your chips together before you're ready to press go i think it's always better to start and learn as you go because uh being in it getting the experience will help you be better so i would say step number one step number two a lot of people say hey i want to be a youtuber i think that they look at the lifestyle of it and what it could be and be like hey man this would be awesome this could be my identity i'm a youtuber right but i think if you look at the people who did it at the highest level they were more into the craft and then they were able to that the ideas of our cameras and they are a YouTube. So for like me, you know, mainstream you know celebrity on ESPN, you know, playing basketball, and that was what I loved. And then it ended. I saw YouTube as just another form of distribution since I wasn't on a TV show any longer. So we carried it over. And it was never about being a YouTuber. This is before AdSense. This is before the word influencer. So I think it's really about the craft. Or finding something that you love because the amount of work you have to put in to sustain to actually be a successful YouTuber, if that is the goal, if that's what you're striving for, you're going to have to put so many hours. You just, there's no other way. You're going to have to love whatever you're doing or whatever you're covering. Oh, it's such a good answer, man. Those two points right there. Like, it, it literally, even though we do what we love, like, it's still work. It's still times where you're like, man, I don't necessarily want to do this, but it's part of it. And you have passion. And purpose. So you have passion, the craft that you're talking about. You have purpose. Yes. You're bringing people joy through this. When you have that, you're on an absolute mission. Like that, and, and that's what people have to understand. That's how you got to where you're at. You didn't just wind up this, this with billions of views and everybody sees this. Like it's taken years, like 15, 20 years to get where you're at, man. So everybody listening, I love it. Take action now. Learn as you go. Ready, fire, aim for sure. Grayson, what do you have coming up next? What really excites you, juices you up, things in the works that, that we can look out for? I'm trying to think what I should go public with. 
<laughs> you don't have to. Hey, hey, this is world breaking news right here. Hey, no, he is good. going to drop. I would just say this. Yeah, I got some really exciting things in the works from a couple uh, different new forms of business. Um, we've got new facility, like new headquarters for my company. That I'm going to go public with really soon. Nice, um, dude. What, what has me excited though also is that I just got healthy. I pulled a muscle in my hip. And I just got over that. So I'm back making content. But then also, you start traveling again. You know, when COVID happened, I traveled for about two and a half years. And, you know, before that, I would go international like twice a month. And yep. doing content in different countries was actually a super fun thing. Yep. Um, it's actually what inspired my clothing brand, Global Hooper, because there was a long span where I just played internationally. So I called myself the Global Hooper. And then I just kind of inspired to be like the name of my brand. But I'm excited about that getting back on the road oh man me too like i love going international speaking seeing other countries cultures dude awesome global hooper check it out the shirts are legit the gear is awesome it sells out super quick so get on it might be sold out right now but there'll be more coming so definitely hop on that no we just did a restock actually oh, globalhooper.com come on holy cross collection check that out Oh, you know that feeling you get when you just wake up and you are not rested or recharged? Yeah, we all have it. We all go through it. How do I wake up with full energy every single day? It is literally the game changer itself. Chilly sleep. I have an Uller that goes underneath my mattress and cools my body temperature to the ideal temperature to get deep sleep. REM, high HRV scores. Now, I have mine pretty cold, about 57 degrees. The optimal level is between 57 and 65 degrees. I have a weighted blanket, which just cools my body. And I'm just sleeping in restorative sleep. So when I wake up in the morning, no matter how many hours I get, I am juiced up and ready to go. And lucky for you, you can wake up the same way. The people at Chili Sleep are giving you a discount, giving you a code. So go to chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse to get your special discount pricing there. Remember, that is chilitechnology.com forward slash pages forward slash David Nurse or just click the link below and it'll take you right there. It's sleep like a polar bear tonight. and Get the best night's sleep of your life. Chilly sleep. Oof, love it, love it. All right, hey, as we wind down here, I'm going to throw you on the rapid-fire hot seat. So this can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind, just boom, spit them out. Do you have a favorite mindset quote or a quote, something that you've, you know, really held on to since you were young or through this whole process? A mindset quote? Or just something that really resonates. Maybe it's a Bible verse. Maybe it's like, you know what, this like... When I was down, boom, this is what I went to. Uh. Matthew 1926. I try, I try to get it together. <laughs> Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Woo! Preach it, baby. I love it. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Hey, what does leaving a legacy mean to you as you've built this great empire? What, what, what does leaving a, a true legacy mean to you, Grayson? For me, it's like a number of things. I think it's like how, uh, what kind of an impact you had. And I think that comes through several things. Like, how did you inspire people? How did you make them feel? Yeah. How did you impact whatever genre, whatever craft, whatever you did? Like, how did you impact your space? Um, and then I think 
I think legacy, I think longevity, you know? Like, yeah. like for me, I think legacy is rooted in consistency of doing something for a long time, too. Um, but also character, you know? Yep. Like, like a lot of people's legacy, you know? It's sad. You go to a funeral, but like what's left behind oftentimes will just be character traits, you know? How you treated others, stuff yeah. like that. And it's true, so that's, man. I think legacy is those things it's, it's a great answer you leave a little piece of you into everybody that you interact with you but you don't see it but it's like it, like the events that you go to you know those kids like there's kids like they're like oh my gosh like that they'll remember that for their entire life and the way that you treat them in the moment has that ability to impact the whole trajectory of their life so that's it's beautiful man all right this one's gonna this one's gonna be a fun one we can do this a couple different ways here the okay. three players that maybe the greatest three players that you played against or like the players that you crossed over and made them fall down and look goofy. Give me like three players you're like eh, really interesting and impactful in your life that you went up against. Okay. Or the hardest to guard or the hardest like that kind of stuff. We've never played one-on-one, so you don't have to say me. <laughs> Who are the toughest players I ever went up against? I'm gonna say Skip to my Lou. Yeah, wow, He's good one. one. Of my idols in the a little bit. My bro, Bone Collector. Yep. One of the toughest covers. And I will say, uh, Hot Sauce. Man, Hot Sauce was, was one of my idols too. Went head to head with him, you know, or uh. 12 years ago when I was trying out, excuse me, 18 years ago when I was trying out, mix it to it. Man, are we getting old or are we getting old when we have to say 18 <laughs> years ago? That feels like yesterday. Oh, those are three three legends right there. How, how about, what's your most memorable, you are known for just breaking ankles. What's your most memorable crossover drop you in the spot? Like you do, you do great videos at Venice Beach, at the courts. Dressed up, Spider-Man, Bugs Buddy, all this. So check him out on YouTube. They're they're awesome. But do you have any like memorable boom? Cross you, drop you, take a seat. Two of them are most memorable. Uh, one in more of the street ball era. We were playing a game at St. Martin's in the Caribbean. Hmm. And I remember I made a dude fall at half court and like the crowd lost it. The game stopped. Uh, it was like <laughs> literally the most pandemonium I've ever seen in my life. And I remember I didn't even threw the ball in the crowd. It's like Mike Trump. That was the version of Mike Trump. So yeah, like yeah, throw the yeah. ball in the crowd. It was over. We used to do that back in the day. Love it. So that one stands out. But in the digital era, I was playing a game in Laguna Beach. This dude was just talking crazy, you know. And he was he was saying, like, all you gotta do to guard is watch the hips. It's nothing. He was telling some other dude he's standing on the sideline, right? He's telling some other dude how to guard them. He's talking the whole game. <laughs> And this is my biggest video on YouTube, by the way. It's it's Professor vs. Trash Hugger, the first Trash Hugger video on YouTube. But I ended up playing the dude, and I crossed him over, and he, like, broke his shoulder. Oh! <laughs> the play before that, fell. Like, I'd cross him, he fell, and he, like, smacked him. I don't know if this made him break his shoulder, but then two plays later, I crossed him over, he, like, threw his shoulder out of the soccer Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. So those are most memorable. That's amazing, man. That is a way to shut somebody up. Break their shoulder. <laughs> always, always wanted to have that. Like, you just you just stop the game. Fans mob the place. You've probably been there before, but you need to go to the Philippines. If you haven't been to the Philippines, 
to do some some segments, some camps. Oh, oh next Actually, level. Done. You know, yeah. with Am One, we yeah. went three different times, and then even with Ball Up, this is another two where I did it a couple different times. But I actually went in 2018, and they're all videos on my YouTube channel. There's four of them in the Philippines, and the energy from those games was awesome. The thing I love about them is they just love basketball. Oh, dude, ten times more than any other country I've ever been to. It's crazy, crazy. You said it right, dude. You're the best, man. How how can we all follow you? You know, watch your YouTube channel. Follow you on Instagram, everything that you do. Check me out on YouTube, Facebook, at Professor Live. Check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, at The Professor. Check out the clothing, globalhooper.com. Love it, man. Or come out to Venice Beach and get your shoulder broken getting crossed over. Hey, <laughs> last question I have for you before we let you off here. This one is a mic drop, so this can be one, two words, and then we're out dropping the mic, throwing the ball into the stands. What is one piece of advice you can give someone who's younger, who feels like they're stuck, who feels like they're off their journey, feels like there's, there's not a whole lot of hope? What could you tell them to help them make their pivot and go towards their breakthrough? Oh, their breakthrough. Turn to Christ. Yes. Come on, baby. That is, that is the answer. That's what I was hoping <laughs> you would say. It is the way, man. I love it. Grayson, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, brother. Appreciate you big time. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you.